We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Well, well, yeah. Yes, indeed, it is a noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. We're a live presentation, question and answer format. We're going to give you an opportunity to communicate with us questions, and we're going to give you a biblical response. That's our desire, Ergo Bible Info Brokers. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton. I'm one of the teammates. I'll be introducing the other teammates momentarily, but let's take this whole broadcast and dedicate it to the Lord and get off on the right foot as we start the broadcast. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for the privilege and the opportunity to work in your kingdom. Just think, you don't you don't need anything from us and everything we have you've given us anyway. Our minds are uh, are the breath in our body and we just take so much for granted sometimes, Lord, that very thing. But right now, we're going to dedicate this time to you, this live presentation. We're going to dedicate it to you so that you might be glorified. And, of course, as I say, week in and week out, that we may be edified through the question and answer format. I ask and pray, Lord, that you will work on the hearts and minds of all of your creation. Yes, Lord, all of your creation. That includes every single person under the sound of my voice, that you would work on their minds and hearts to communicate with us questions so that we can get answers what you have said through your written word. The Bible. For those that are believers, we just ask and pray that they understand that all that they do, all that they should be doing, all they should be thinking about is a Christ-centered life. So we'd ask and pray that they would communicate and participate in this broadcast so that we may have a seamless show. We're going to do it all to your glory. We're going to do it all to your honor. And we're going to include our edification for us to be built up in our most holy faith by this format. And we thank you for the privilege of working in your kingdom. In Jesus' precious, precious and matchless name. Amen. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, one of the teammates, again, as I said, uh, my name is Daryl. They call me EZD. And Brian Allen is also one of the teammates. Brian, how you doing, brother? Doing well, Daryl. Right. Well, I'm glad that you're doing well. We missed you last week. Surviving, man. You know, we we had somebody try to take your place about the bus, driving the bus. I'll let Craig talk to you about it. And that (laughs) name Craig I just mentioned is Professor Craig Hawkins, who I affectionately still call PCH. PCH, how you doing, brother? PCH, there you go. PCH, how you doing now? Now you're on there. (laughs) No, it it wasn't on you. You didn't take a break. I know you weren't on a break. (laughs) How you doing, brother? (laughs) Okay. Good, good, good. Well, listen, uh, Eric already got his phones. Um, uh, people calling in already, so they must know they've listened to the broadcast before. But I'm still give the number and information where they can communicate with us. That number is triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Where you can call Eric right now. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two is the phone number to call right now. Get on in early in the broadcast. Don't wait towards the end, whereby we may not be able to get to your question. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Every other format is Bible Info Brokers. 
Bible Info Brokers is the address for Facebook. If you're out there in Facebook land, how you doing out there? Please uh, let us know. Check in like a roll call. Type your name in. Little send a little emoji. Uh, whatever it is on Facebook that you can do to let us know that you're out there and we appreciate it. And also don't forget to click that share button on Facebook to let your thousands and thousands of friends know that you listen to our broadcast live and they may be able to join you right now or in the future broadcasts on the archive shows. I'll talk about that more later on. But the other formats is our dot com website, Bible Info Brokers, Tweet, Messenger, and what have you. So once again, let me give it to you in order and we're gonna get right to other questions. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Call Eric right now, our main teammate who gets everything going in the right direction. Call Eric right now, triple eight nine nine five 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 two. On all other formats is Bible. Info Brokers, Bible Info Brokers, Facebook, email, tweet, or messenger. How about that, Brian? Let's get in some questions. You ready, brother? I am ready. PCH, you ready? Sure. Well, I'm a, I know you guys like to, you know, go to the rain sometimes. So I'm going to say, ready on the right, ready on the right, ready on the left, ready on the left, all ready on the fire line. Let's go to the phones. Robert from San Fernando Valley. Brian, I know you would appreciate that. Robert, San Fernando Valley, thanks for calling in. How you doing, Robert? Can you come to the phone a little bit? I can't barely hear you, Robert. Hello? My yes. phone's fine? Yeah, you're a little low, but Hello? I think you're getting better there. I think we can. Craig, can you hear him? Yes. Okay, good enough. Go ahead, Robert, please. Uh, my my question is, is was was the book of Enoch, from what I've read, I, don't, I know the professor know the answer, wasn't a complete book of Enoch found in the Dead Sea Scrolls? No. No, uh, no, no, it wasn't. About eight, nine hundred documents found at Dead Sea Scrolls, but the Book of Enoch was not among them. Mm-hmm. But almost a complete. Uh, and, and, and why wasn't the Book of Enoch included in the Old Testament, considering it was such a great prophet? Well, because it's, it, we're not quite sure that he actually Enoch wrote it. That is, there's some quotes that are apparently Enoch. Said because they are mentioned and they're attributed to Enoch, but it doesn't mean he wrote the whole thing. And there can be things that are true, but uh, for a book to be accepted as canonical, it had to be accepted completely or in toto. It couldn't just be part of it or some of it. It had to be historically, theologically, and otherwise accurate. And there are some problems with the book of Enoch, even though there are some truths expressed in it, for that matter, as there are in the other apocryphal literature. Yeah, so I, this is where I get confused because at the end of the Bible it says no man shall delete or add anything to this word, but yet you know this council of Nicaea, who were men, I believe there were no women, all men, did add and delete things that ended up being in our modern day Bible. That, that's what I'm confused on. If you could help me with that, and I really appreciate you guys are phenomenal and you're brilliant, all three of you. I love listening to you. But I'm just confused on that, how that works. And, you know, if man's not allowed to add or delete, how come people actually did that? And I appreciate it. And I'll listen to your answer off the air. Okay, Robert, thank you very much for your phone call. Excellent question. Thank you question. so much. Thank All you. right. Appreciate you, brother. PCA, carry on that thought. I could not hear the last yeah, part. Yeah, the, of the last part he was asking is that if you can kind of uh, let him know um, why, you know, part of the canon, if I'm not mistaken, Brian, he was saying, 
the um, basically the council. Yeah, the council know, Nicaea. The, mm-hmm. You know, the council determining what was you know basically how are they t- how are they knowing what was taken out and what uh, should stay in. Being that, men, he said. The, the, men, the yeah. last part, uh, the revelation said, "Don't add to, don't take away from." But the uh, council of Nicaea were men, and they you know apparently added to or taken away from. Um, like uh, the big Book of Enoch, as he said. Well, they didn't. The Book of Enoch was never accepted. That's actually a Jewish work, was never accepted by the Jews as canonical. Okay. So it would be presumptuous of us to come along and say, oh, we're going to add this, even when our Jewish friends at Jamnia and otherwise, Council of Jamnia, rejected it. It was never accepted as canonical. So F.F. Uh, Bruce does probably the best job that I know of in his book called The Canon. The canon comes from the Hebrew, came into Greek. It just means the rule, the measure, the standard. It's like a measuring stick, like like for us typically in America, you know, 12 inches being a foot, a basic measurement. So it's kind of the standard of the canon. Oh, but there were a number of things, and I have a free outline on this and I make available electronically to people, proper ones to get that, where I summarize what Bruce says in his book, The Canon, and some others have said as well. Uh, so they're not. Re- it's not just men. It's really the bulk of the New Testament, at least, what's called the Homo Legumina, was accepted by all over eighty percent. There's only like seven books, and they're fairly small, like Second Peter and otherwise, that were debated. So the, those are called the Anti Legumina. But the Homo Legumina, uh, the Greek, is the bulk of them were accepted, and there wasn't even a debate. But there are issues of, well, for example, who wrote it. Did an apostle or a prophet, in that case, really write the work? Is it their work, or is it someone who claims it, you know, puts their name? There's so-called Gospel of Peter and Mary and all kinds of stuff that was clearly not written by Mary or Thomas or Peter or whomever. Is it theologically accurate? Is it historically accurate? Was it, again, actually written by an apostle or the acquaintance of an apostle, a traveling companion like, for example, John Mark? with Peter, or, or otherwise. So there's there's seven or eight major tests, and so whether we call books the Deuterocanonical or the Apocryphal works that our Roman Catholic friends uh, wanted to put back in the Bible, which is a bit presumptuous, uh, again, our Jewish friends rejected them, and they said, oh, we know better, we're putting them in in the Middle Ages. No. Uh, so that's a problem. Um, but, but again, there's standard tests, and and so it wasn't just humans, and we would argue, and of course sometimes Roman Catholics want to say, well, we gave you the canon. No, you didn't. The Holy Spirit gave us the canon. And again, the bulk of it, over 80% of the New Testament, was not a dispute, was not debated. And the canon, as far as the Tanakh of the Old Testament, was already decided before the Church came along. The Jews had already determined that. It wasn't up for grabs. So I would argue the issues aren't, it's not like, well, just a bunch of men came along and then changed it. And Nicaea had nothing to do, really, with Scripture. That's a Jehovah Witness argument. It had nothing to do with that. It really dealt with a number of other issues, including the nature of Christ and and what have you. Uh, But I have a free chart on that, by the way, that I've done if somebody wants to have information on the seven so-called councils. And the first five that these Protestants accept and what each one deals with and what were the key issues or what have you. But it wasn't a bunch, just a bunch of men sitting down saying, well, let's, let's draw lots or, or colored marbles like a Jesus seminar, what have you, of what we think belongs in and what doesn't. 
It was done very methodically, prayerfully, and in a very scholarly manner, above all, superseded by the Holy Spirit. And since God is the ultimate author, as we're told in 2 Timothy 3.16, you know, pasagraphe theotmistos in the Greek text, all Scripture is God-breathed, that is, produced by God, but not every, every writing that claims to be Scripture is Scripture. And I would just lastly recommend to Robert's really good questions. I already recommended the book, uh, The Canon by F.F. Bruce, but there's also a phenomenal book and very readable called Reinventing Jesus. Reinventing Jesus, and that's done by three writers, three scholars. And the main one is Daniel Wallace, Daniel Wallace, Reinventing Jesus. And they deal with all these issues and do a really good job. So I'd recommend the book, The Canon, to Robert, and also the book, Reinventing Jesus, and this will answer all these questions and more uh, that he's asking that are, are very good questions. You know, you know, Craig, I, I'm trying to remember, but I think I remember seeing something about the canons, uh, about the councils, I'm sorry, about the councils, in one of the chart, chart books. Did, did, did they have something in there like the charts of the New Testament or one of the, uh, one of the chart books that uh, deals with that. Do you recall any any of those? Well, there's actually two 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 of them that do. There's one on uh, history of the church, and it deals with the councils and what they actually. There's seven major councils, five of them that that all the church accepts, um, including Protestants, if you will. And then, but in the book on charts of the New Testament, it also has information on this as well. Right. Uh, that's that. The latter is H. Wayne House, and I'm trying to remember if it's Walton who did the other his. I think it is. I think it is Walton. Yeah, because I I, I remember seeing them because because I do have both of those, and I remember looking through them and seeing and reading those before in the past. And for some reason, when we were talking about this topic, the charts book just popped into my head. So yeah, really. So so they they both deal with it, Brian. You're absolutely right. Okay, guys, while you're on the books and popping in your head, we have a question from Facebook. A gentleman by the name of Darren was asking a question about uh, Brian and PCH. Could you name uh, the top three, in your opinion, systematic theology books or textbooks, systematic theology textbooks? The hmm. top three. Well, Brian, you want to take a shot at that first? I'm ch- I, not, unlike you, Craig, my memory won't. I, I know there's one that I really, really like. Um, I, I like, well, that's a commentary. I like Gabeline, but the systematic theology, it's on the top of my head. I'm looking at it on my shelf. Um, uh, it was Dr. Martin's, it was Dr. Martin's mentor. Um, well, one of them, yeah, Buzzwell, Systematic Buzzwell, Theology of the yeah. Christian Religion. That's, it that, was originally two volumes. It's in one volume. That's my favorite. Yeah, yeah but that's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, See it in your mind's eye, huh? Dear, <laughs> okay, don't go ahead, Craig. What you say, brother? <laughs> Craig, I'm going to slap this guy in love. That's for you guys. Now, my, my second and third in that, I mean, it just depends on what you're looking for. Uh, readability, uh, accessibility, or just overall scholarship. So Buzzwell, I have no problem um, mentioning just, again, hands down. I do like Wayne Grudem's. Uh, I don't think it, it's not as rigorous to me as Buswell. Buswell had a Ph.D. in philosophy and theology. I'm not taking anything away from Grudem, but there's just something about that mind that's trained in philosophy that's given to distinctions and definitions and 
accuracy and not, not to Grudem is sloppy or anything, but I just, I'm just so partial to Buswell. But Grudem's systematic theology is very good. I think Millard Erickson's is very good. I mean, other than that, I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to go to something like, um, Charles Hodge, a three volume set. So I have a list of, of, of uh, so I say commentaries as well, Brian, but of, um, and, and they're very, they're very, uh, cost wise, they're very, you know, they're they're very reasonable in so far as if you go uh, on the website, you go to um, Amazon, uh, and you can get you don't have to get them brand new either. You can get them; it'll tell you what kind of shape no. they're in. It'll say like very good, good, whatnot. But uh, and I've gotten books like that, and I mean all they basically have is, are notes written in them a little bit, not a lot. There's the condition of them are very very well. So uh, if money is an issue, you can really pick them up very reasonably and um i just google them or i'll go on amazon and and see what they have yeah well you're right brian and of course um sorry i'm getting, getting to say this here uh places like um, logos uh bible software you oh, can get yeah. it on one of their programs for dirt cheap and some of them you know because they're because they're they're public domain because they're over 50 years old and typically a copyright in america lasts for 50 years um so at any rate but there's many sources to get them you're absolutely right and 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 i mean to me commentary i mean systematic theologies are like commentaries uh, I have lots of them because uh, I don't think any one person has all the answers. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses. But again, hands down, I've read a lot of systematics, and uh, but I'm I'm my favorite. No question, no no equivocation, no hesitation as Buswell. No, uh, guys, something about that sharp theological mind trained in philosophy and the clarity, definitions, distinctions, and analysis. I just love Buswell. All right, now we can do this in reverse order. Now you've heard the rest of the story. Can you tell us what systematic theology actually is, for those that may not know? Well, it's systematizing the Christian religion. You're trying to go, so what is the biblical view on eschatology and time events? Or what's the view, biblical view of salvation, soteriology, using the Greek terms? So these are, these are attempts to give a full orb, or at least various levels, treatment of, of to systematize uh, our theology, the faith, as we're told in Jude 3, the once for all delivered unto the saints' faith, almost literally in the Greek text. So it's our attempt to systematize, to codify, to, to oh, um, not, it's not to add, but it's to understand uh, full or the biblical, what the biblical view is on uh, you know, all kinds of issues, like the person and work of Christ, the two natures of Christ. So uh, you have the various topics, again, like eschatology, soteriology, hematology, the study of sin, and, of course, theology proper, the existence and nature and characteristics of God. And so that's the beauty of it. Now, sometimes it's just what a bunch of men human beings have to say, and it's not worth much. I had to read my, my schooling a lot of liberal uh, systematics that weren't worth the paper uh, they were written on. Uh, but stuff like Buswell, and of course I would argue Peeper, Mueller, uh, uh, I mentioned Hodge, uh, the, the Burkhoff, those are some of my of my favorites. And I, I think that the job they do, again, Erickson and... and um, uh, Grudem was really good, and Grudem's, what the thing I love about his is that 
he he is of course consulted on almost all the major works and and then so he he will tell you at the end of the chapter, let's say on soteriology, he'll tell you where so and so deals with a given topic or you know the same issue or a given issue like let's say the impeccability of Christ could Christ sin or not? He'll tell you the page numbers of all the major systematics where you can find it and that that's an invaluable service. You know we we take that for granted because of computers today, but think of someone like Strong who didn't have a computer and had to do that manually, you know, didn't have an electronic typewriter or what have you to do that. I mean, their uh, their accomplishments are just incredible. But that's what we mean by systematic theory, as opposed to there's other forms of theology called biblical theology and so on and so forth. Now, you know, go ahead, Brian, because no. I was, let me say this, Brian, because I want to stay on that thought that you could in yours, because when you first start off answering the question, Brian, you mentioned something about commentary. I want to get the difference between the two. So systematic theology is basically a system of um, doctrinal beliefs and things like that in a textbook type uh, format. Commentaries, what's the difference? Well, a commentary, you're going to go through chapter and verse of the Bible or the, or the books of the Bible, and they're going to expand on what those passages mean. Okay. They'll, they'll uh, uh, give you definitions. Uh, they'll give you uh, a Greek Greek words on, on, certain, um, on certain words as well to really expand or expound on what, uh, what these passages mean or what that word means. And then lastly, the, the, um, you mentioned Strong's, Craig. Uh, what is Strong's and uh, all the other ones are, um, what is that word? Well, you think about so concordance. Concordance. That's why I want you to yeah. explain, that, explain that last thing, concordance. Well, so systematic theology, commentary, and concordances. Well, what a concordance basically does, it takes all the words that are in the Bible, mm-hmm. and then it, it, it'll uh, break it down alphabetically, uh-huh. A to Z. It'll have the words, and it'll show where those words are in the Bible so if you're looking for a passage and you can't kind of remember uh, where it is and there's a word on there, let's just say um, risen, well, you look up risen and then it'll show you basically all the passages where risen is. And you can it'll tell you the book, chapter, verse, and you can just go there and, and find what you're looking for. Appreciate that, guys, because those are tools and resources that our folks can use. Now, you were going to say something, Brian? Yeah, I, I was going to say something what's really really cool about the internet and Craig was touching on it you know people you know anything that's really beneficial the world perverts it and and so but at the same time when you have a system where you can go to the internet and use it uh, for for finding things insofar as biblically or uh, whatever the case might be it's so simple now based on or compared to what we didn't when we didn't have computers and things like that and it can be very simple or it can be very uh, i don't want to say complicated but exhaustive uh, i i think of uh, a lot of software i have it and i mean if someone wants to spend a little bit of money mm-hmm. uh, they can literally get thousands upon thousands upon thousands of books on there speed and, and research you can cross-reference them you can click on one passage and then have you can go to uh the greek and linear and it'll stay on that passage uh you can uh, go and look up a uh go to a, a systematic theology book or a uh, co- uh 
uh, commentary, mm-hmm. and you can t- and you can switch verses. You can change verses, and all the other books are changed with it. It'll sync it. It's really really cool. But there's packages where I mean they'll say, okay, well with this package you get three thousand books, or stuff like that, mm. and you can all have them all on the same page, or like you see, you know, some of us like I have three monitors. And so you can. So you're just not doing sports, huh? No, not at all. It, it not just, at all. It, it's just so cool the way with technology today yeah, yeah. That, that you can just uh, look things up. Even, even like, uh, you know, you're, you, you, uh, what, what's the one? The blue. Blue letter Bible. Blue, uh, and Bible Gateway, things like that. Yeah, you we, just. Click, we talked about that a couple yeah, of weeks you ago. You just click yeah. on, click on the verse. It'll show you that. It'll have cross references, things of that nature. So. Uh, it's really cool, to, you know, and easy to do a lot of uh, studying with all these all these services that you have yeah. through the internet. Now, final thought piece is, if you have one in regards to that, because we know you have a Bible that has been manhandled by yourself and all over the place. Can we this, buy him some glue? <laughs> no, they need that gorilla super glue, man. Gorilla Mr. glue on his I'll see if he can tear that up, Mr. Professor. But um, what are your thoughts, Craig? I know you don't necessarily like to use it for the Bible, you know, the turning the pages of the Bible, but as far as uh, research and things like that, I'm sure it's helpful to you, and I'm sure a lot of students in your class use it as a matter well. So I'm sorry, were you asking me, Zero? Yeah, I was asking you uh, your thoughts about that. I know you, you, you allow your students to use it, I'm sure, but what are your thoughts about it? Not necessarily for the Bible reading itself, but for all the stuff Brian had mentioned. You mean the online stuff? Yes. Oh, I think it's phenomenal. Now, people have to be careful. Learning some Greek words or Hebrew words doesn't make you a Greek or Hebrew scholar. <laughs> By no means. Learn enough to be dangerous. Uh, they don't understand how words are used. Greek Ebonics, you know it. <laughs> articles or things like that, and they say it comes from goofy things, but but the tools themselves are just phenomenal. They're, they're invaluable. A person who's never studied original languages can open one of these things up, and you'll see them parse them. You'll see them, you know, they'll parse them out. They'll tell you what, you know, the, the case and the number and uh, of the words and, and is it, you know, genitive, nominative, accusative, dative, uh, is it what, you know, as an, an aorist, uh, is it a participle, uh, all these wonderful things. And and I just think it's it's invaluable. Again, one needs to be careful because having that, while I do support that, and I think they're phenomenal help, that doesn't make someone a Bible scholar per se. Uh, and again, people can misuse that stuff. There's a book called Exegetical Fallacies by D.A. Carson, and it it kind of has some kind of the classic mistakes that even scholars can make, committing various types of fallacy, word fallacies, let's call, for example, the etymological fallacy, or the the one meaning, or the, the semantic field fallacy. There's all kinds of ways people mess stuff up. And we just need to be careful, but still with that caveat, I think these tools are just incredible. Now, there's another tool, Craig, that I really love, and I, I don't think we talked about it in a while, uh, but it's, um, I believe it's A.T. Robertson, Word Pictures of the New Testament. Yeah, it's like a six-volume set. I think it's really good. It's really, and it's it's kind of like um, someone, when someone's explaining it, uh, explaining something, they, t- uh, they, they put or use like a word picture type of analysis to tell the story to give the explanation okay. of yeah. what something means. And, uh, and yeah, great, great. Oh, good, Brian. No, I, and I'm just saying um, that's a resource I, I don't think we talked about in a while, uh, but that's a great 
that's a great set to have. Uh, yeah. Word, word pictures of the New Testament. And is it A.T. Robertson, Craig? I've been. Yes, it's a little brief at spots, but but, it's, and sometimes he'll discuss a word or a concept in another section of the Bible where the same word or concept that comes up, and it doesn't necessarily give you the cross reference. But uh, that's just one of my favorite tools. Like like Kenneth Weiss, uh, it, it was multi volume, but his is often uh, book. Uh, Package are bound in the three volume set. Kenneth Weist, W U E S T. Weist to me is just incredible as well. I really like his stuff. But Robertson, he wrote one of the definitive uh, grammars of the Greek of Greek in the New Testament. And uh, but yeah, his work pictures in the New Testament to me is just it was really good. Brian, it's one of my go to sources definitely. And sometimes it's a little, not that he's light, but sometimes he he just can spends a brief amount because it wasn't that important to him, or it's in another part of another um, uh, of the volume, and I have to know where it is if they go find it. Um, but 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 again, but having said that, I mean, man, I can't imagine not having that. Uh, and I even well, I'll tell you this, Daniel Wallace's Beyond the Basics, his grammar, his Greek grammar, it's a over a thousand pages, but even though it's actually a Greek grammar, uh, definitely intermediate to advanced stage, not not for a beginner, but but it's almost like a commentary because anytime he really is is dealing with the Greek language, he often gives well he gives, always gives you examples and deals with key texts, and so I find sometimes even though it's not, but strictly speaking, a commentary, I often can use it like that, because he does a really good job of analysis of key issues or interpretations of given Greek words or grammatical structures, and how a passage should be what he would say would be the, the best, if or the, the best, or at least one of the most viable interpretations. And what was his name again, Craig? That's Daniel Wallace. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned the best, and we do have the best guy answering the phone for us to get this show rolling as Eric. Call him right now. We have some open lines, 888-995-5552. You guys have to say amen at the same time when I said he's the best. He's the best. Amen. Okay, good. 888-995-5552. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Facebook people, send us some questions. Email us questions at our .com website. Tweet us. Messenger us questions. Please, please, please. You don't even have to hit that little friend button. Just send a question in. That way we know you're there. Let us know that you're out there. 888-995-5552. Eric does have some open lines. Call him right now. Get him busy. And everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers. Let's go back to the phone calls, Brian, because the question that Vicky may have is sort of like a good segue into all the information we gave about resources. Vicky from L.A., thanks for holding on and calling in. Thank you. Hi. How are you um, doing? I had a question about why. I don't understand why um, a lot of preachers, I'm hearing them say things like, do you know that when you die, you know, we're talking about born-again Christians now, not unbelievers, but uh, speaking to un, uh, to believers that are born again, when you die, that everything you've ever done wrong and every unjust thing you've done, you're going to have to pay for that. And and then they say, well, you can't question the pastor because he's the pastor. <laughs> Why? Are, what is that about? You're not questioning me, are you, Brian? Uh, Craig, you must be questioning you guys. <laughs> well, well, I, I'll, I'll tell you one thing, Vicky. Is one thing we always say on this show is you, everything we say. Uh, you test it by the Word of God. The Bible says, test all things, hold fast to that which is true. And that uh, 
does not only apply to us here on the radio. It also applies to pastors, teachers, uh, anything you hear from anybody, you <laughs> test it by the Word of God, and you have every right. If you have a question that, uh, from something that your pastor had taught or said, you have a right to ask or question him about what he said. And, you know, he has no right to say, you know, about who are you to touch God's anointing. Because the bottom line <laughs> Where'd is... Where'd you get that from, Brian? Where's that coming from? That's come from the radio. I saw from pastors. You know, it's, and, and it, it, it's the never-ending story or the never-ending comment. Well, Vicky, because you're not a Berean, um, Craig, I'm not going to let her question me. How about uh, you answer that question? <laughs> well, sh- sure. Uh, I mean, key texts, for example, Brian mentioned you, but First Thessalonians 5, and we're told test all things. Dokimazo is the word there. It means to approve, to examine. And we're, you were just mentioning you know, Acts uh, 17, where it says the brands were more noble than the, those of Thessalonica because they searched the word there, I believe, is on Aquino, which means they weighed, they examined, they judged, they discerned if what Paul said was true. Notice uh, they're not rebuked. In fact, they said they're, they're more noble. Yes. Uh, they're more wiser. They're commended for their scriptures, excuse me, to see if what Paul said was was true. There's no condemnation there. Uh, that's often, when people talk like that, Vicki, they're often insecure and fighting their own insecurities. And frankly, it's nincompoopishness. It's Uh-oh. silliness. It's, <laughs> yeah, there we go. My big term there. <laughs> We're doing it that's last week, baby. <laughs> Greek and Hebrew, same word. <laughs> carrying it over. It's, that's not biblical. That's what somebody who's insecure does. We, we, we count it as an honor when people not just question us to question us, but when they examine to see what we say is true. We're, we're not the Protestant popes. We're, we're no, no human's infallible. And we believe that Scripture is the ultimate authority uh, as a word of God. You know, God's the ultimate authority, but His written word. And we want to test His word and see what, what, he, what it says. So uh, that's, that's where, where it is, if you will. Um, so that, when someone says something like that, they're just, that's blowing smoke, as we say. That, mm. That's just not biblical. So that's, that's number one. You can and you should test and, and then submit to what is faithful to the Word of God. But a pastor should only be listened to is they're faithful from God's Word, and they can exegete, they can show you from Scripture what they're saying is true. Otherwise, who cares what they say? Uh, bluntly put, I mean, Jesus says those that basically teach contrary to the Word of God, they'll be the, the least in the kingdom. Of course, some of them won't even be there. Now, on the second issue, we have to be careful when we say we're going to be judged or answer for everything or, or pay for it or be punished. The Christian in, in, in the afterlife is not punished for the, our sins. The, our sins have already been paid for by yes. Christ. So God's, God's dealing with the Christian here and now is, is remedial or corrective. Christ has paid the penalty for our sins. God will discipline us. He will chastise us. But it's all, always corrective in nature. You've got to knock this off, and you're not listening. I'm going to get your attention. Now, the believer does appear before what's called the Bama Seat of Christ. That's in Second Corinthians 5. 
you could start about verse 6, but it's specifically it's verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of the Bema. It's the judgment seat, two words in English, one word in Greek, of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him in the things while done in the body, whether good or bad. So I believe there will be rewards uh, or or not uh, there and from First Corinthians 3 and other passages for what we've done. But uh, Christ has paid the penalty for my sins. My sins are paid in full. That was done on the cross of Calvary, John 19.30. Now, but but will God want to talk to me about sins I never confessed, I never owned, or harm I did to anybody, brother or sister or non-Christian? Yes, that's, that's an answer, but that's really, I see it as either getting a reward or not. So there's some Christians who have sinned against, I mean, a number of people, including other believers or non-believers, and they have never repented of it. They've never owned it. And I believe God's going to make them own it. But I don't think he's going to, they're going to be punished for those sins. I think there will be a lack of rewards. I think uh, we might be kind of shocked about, you know, we think we're doing some really godly things, and God looks at our motives, what we do, how we do it, and why we do it. So we've got to be careful when we say that we're going to answer for everything. We are going to answer for it, but I believe there's a reward or not. But I'm not going to pay for it, because otherwise, then what did Christ do? I've been told that Christ has paid in full the penalty for my sins. Indeed. Hey, Vicki, if I can just add one more thing without being sassy and even presenting a sassy answer, but... Jesus answers so many questions, and it's, it seemed like, I, in my opinion, he got a little kick out of it because all the time people ask him questions, trying to trap him and do all those type of things. I'm sure that believers that's going to church are trying to learn and grow in the most holy faith is not trying to do that. But every pastor out there should be ready and willing to answer questions to the point that you have no more questions to answer. You don't. They're exhausted your mind, and there you grow. They grow by people asking questions. This whole format of us, questions and answers, is to build everybody up in a most holy faith so that God can get the glory as we know the answers to the very tough questions of life and even those questions that unbelievers may have that we can deal with. What a great opportunity for a pastor to answer. Let me let me add on to that, Daryl. As you know, I I would think as a pastor, you would want people asking you questions from what you talk. Yeah, I think yeah. you'd want to. It, it's, just, it's, it's just like when we talk about reading the Bible. Yeah, you know, you read the Bible every day. You're gonna have questions. I mean, we don't have it all. And I know some people they'll go and they do have commentaries. They do have uh, uh, systematic theology uh, uh, books, and they'll look it up and read it for themselves. Yes. And that's good. And that's what we want them to do. Indeed. But there are people out there. Believe me. Uh, people have been in the faith for years and years and years. They will read. They still have questions, and there's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. Not at all. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. as Brian is getting, I'm sorry, Craig, you want to say something else? Well, yes. If, if I was attending a church in the past, the pastor or one of them told me, or I've heard him tell anyone there, you just need to listen to me and not question me. <laughs> I would run, not walk to the nearest exit. Only one I'm unconditionally trusting is Christ, Indeed. is God, is God, the triune mm-hmm. God. Everybody else, you know, we want to be respectful and careful yes. not to to be just rebellious, but but that that uh, uh, total devotion and and trust is to God only. The rest of us are humans, and we make mm-hmm. mistakes. We're wrong about things, and you have every right to ask somebody. Well, not only what we believe, but why do we believe that? You know, we never put anybody down for asking not just the what, but the why questions. 
Now, some people have ulterior motives, but God will deal with that. But that's why we have no problem. Why does why does Peter tell us to give an answer, a uh, reason for the hope that is within us? Yes, reverence and respect. But I believe we are, can, and should give answers. And again, someone, any human that tells me, you know, I'm, I'm talking medical doctor, attorney, mm-hmm. any profession tell, professional tells me, just trust me. <laughs> no. I don't trust humans. Humans make. Well, I know people who've died from distrusting experts. Uh, experts make, as Karl Popper said, I think, or said, great people make great mistakes. I want to know why you believe what you believe. Show me. I'm from Missouri. Show me. Give me the evidence. Indeed. Brian, final thought. No, no, that's okay. I think okay. we, we really exhausted this and right. covered it. And, uh, and so. Vicki, I hope that's helpful because I know it was for me. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. You're very welcome. Very welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, as Brian is paying the participation ribbons or information, I should say, I'm going to give them information where you can call in and join the broadcast. You can send us text, email, messenger questions, and here's a quick information. Eric, ready to receive your phone call, 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552. Every single other format is Bible Info Brokers that we have. Bible Info Brokers. Facebook, email, dot com website, tweet, messenger, and there you have it. Please get your questions in. Let's get some more questions so we can give you some answers from a biblical perspective. Brian, what kind of participation information do you have? Participation, that is to participate, Daryl. <laughs> Uh, and, and help supporting this, this radio ministry by donating what a to this radio ministry so we can stay on another 25, 30 years. And I'm sure there'll be other people hosting the show. Um, you plan on going somewhere? Well, maybe in 30 years. <laughs> okay. Where you going, Craig? In 30. <laughs> so uh, there's a couple ways they can do it, Joe. They can go to the website. Go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. And uh, click on the link that says support and donate, and they can give that way. Real simple. Or, Daryl, they can just go right to the website. I'm sorry. Uh, they can mail in their check yeah. or money order, cash or check, however they want to do it. Uh, make your donation out to Living by the Word. Living by the Word, P.O. Box 90477, 90477, Los Angeles, California, 90009. And, again, um, you hear us talk about Bible Info Brokers. That is a um, that is a ministry under Living by the Word, and that's why we're telling you to make your donation out to Living by the Word. Definitely want to thank those that pray for this ministry. I want to thank those that uh, give to this ministry, and I want to thank those in advance who will be praying for us and who yes. will be donating. Uh, please, folks, pray for this ministry. Please, 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 I'm asking you to pray for this ministry. It's very, very important. Mm. And uh, and that's it. Appreciate yeah, you. Uh, yeah, sorry. And speaking of prayer, I'm, I'm going to be going to Nepal in August. Where, Craig? You, you broke up a little bit, PCH. Where are you going? To Nepal, Kathmandu, right. mainly. Yeah, right. Yes, and uh, we're going to be visiting our good friend, Pastor Krishna Bandari. We'll be visiting with Krishna encouraging that brother and helping to equip him more for ministry and uh, also dealing with the issue of human trafficking and how, for example, Love Justice International, Brad, who heads up uh, that organization there, at least in Nepal, uh, how they use that, that. That's where they share the gospel. They actually have police powers, and they have 21 stations where they're allowed to arrest people trafficking, particularly, and it's mainly little girls. It can be boys as well, but it's 
typically young young girls. And uh, so anyways, then we're going to be meeting with a number of other ministries and whatnot. And so I want to ask people's prayers, and if they want to financially donate to this, in particular, I'm taking a young man with me uh, who's uh, just a real, got a heart for God, uh, a Sam, and, and, and Sam's going to be coming with me amongst them, uh, among others. And I, it's my goal to try to pay the way for Sam, that he doesn't have any expenses. He's just a young man mm. finishing up his first theology degree, but has a heart for God, and uh, I believe he can benefit greatly and will be a blessing to, to take along in the ministry we're going to do in, in Nepal. So that's coming up August 12th, will be leaving, and then gone for not quite, just a little under two weeks. Uh, and got an exciting ministry, and I'm looking forward to this. It's been a while, it's been two, almost two, well, it's been two and a half, almost Two and three quarter years since I've been out of the country, because wow. um, uh, of COVID and other reasons. So at any rate, yeah, I'm really excited. But I want to get people praying for that now. Again, hopefully all things equal. Leaving August 12th mm. and spending the bulk of our time in Kathmandu, visiting with a number of of folks involved in ministry who just do an incredible job, and we're we're just delighted to be to be going. Well, one, great. one thing I do want to say, folks, um, when you give. Okay, make a, make your donations out to Living by the Word. But if you want to uh, donate to Craig's uh, ministry, the trip that he's going to be going on, uh, put a little note on there. Uh, here's an example. You can say, I want my donations under the note 100% to uh, the radio ministry, or you can say 100% to Professor Hawkins' ministry. You go 50-50, 60-40, 70-30, however you want to do it. But make sure it just goes to living by the word and we will get those uh donations to craig for his trip but just make a note of that whether it's on your check uh, or crash your check or whether it's online Good. under notes make sure you let me know that and we'll definitely make sure the professor uh gets uh get your donation and folks let me just say this also a creative way to give if you have thousands or millions of points on your credit card or your airline cards and stuff like that, send me an email and just specifically say, easy, I want to give by way of all those points that are just sitting there. I don't know if they make people lose points or not, but I, I'm in that field, I'm retired from that field, but I know a lot about that on how you can translate that to helping with the trip, especially with the young man, Sam, that's going to be going with Craig. Man, what a beautiful thing if we can just take care of all of his expensive through our ministry. So send me an email saying I got points out the yang yang and I want to participate that way. And just simply send that in our email at our website address. Just put contact us. Easy. I got points. Contact me and we'll work that out with you, okay? We really appreciate that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go back to the telephones, uh, but you know what? You can also send us questions just like we had earlier from uh, Darren on Facebook Messenger. Send us an email question as well, like I just said, with our website. Everything is Bible Info Brokers, Bible Info Brokers for those formats. And call Eric. He does show me that he has a few extra lines open at 888-995-5552. Right now, guys, let's go back to the phones and travel to North Hollywood and talk with Yolanda. Yolanda, thanks for holding on and calling in. Yolanda, you there? Hi. Hi, you're a little low. Can you speak up just a little bit for me? Hi, Yolanda, can you hear me? Uh, I'm getting there. One more time. Okay. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you very much. Yeah, what's your question for the night? All right. Okay. Um, The question is, needing more of a clarification on what the young lady just 
talk to you about um, or just ask you about. Just a minute, I, I went blank. Um, That's okay. Hey, trust me. It happens to us all the time, baby. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, wow. Your question is somewhat okay. around um, what the... I know you just, I see that you want to ask a question about the great white throne judgment. Is that somewhere yeah, in the area? You. Okay, no problem. I'm glad. I'm glad that, uh, that's because of Eric is so efficient. That. That's because Eric is so well, efficient. He is very efficient. Okay, so my question is, is that for, if I just want to make sure that I clarify that I have this right in my head. For believers, people that have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior and walk with him, you know, through their on that journey through their life. They don't have to go through that, that great white throne judgment, do they? That's only for non believers. Am I correct or not correct? PC says, what about the judgments of God, the great white throne judgment Yolanda's yeah. concerned about? Well Yolanda's correct. That we might be there as witnesses, but yeah, we're not there to be judged. That the Great White Throne judgment is basically for non Christians. It's their final yeah. judgment. It's God given sealing their fate and saying, in other words, here's the issue. Uh and you, you, I mean basically in God's economy there's no t- there's no plan B. That is one trusts in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and believe in Him and Him alone. And if you don't, then basically you're saying you think you're divine, or potentially so, or you're good enough to earn heaven. Well, on any one of those accounts, let's look at it, see if it's true. And of course, no one makes the grade. So that is the ultimate judgment of the non-believer. In Revelation 20, the great white throne judgment. So you're right, you're right, yes. All right. Yay, I'm learning. I'm <laughs> there she goes. <laughs> we love that joy unspeakable, Yolanda. Great call. Thanks for your call. Yes, thank you. I will talk to you next week. God thank bless. You. Thank Appreciate you, it. you look you know what? That that's that spontaneous joy. You gotta love it. Over that's look, that's why this program and programs like it and all the resources we said is so important, guys. The joy right there is worth, you know, a thousand words. 888-995-5552. Call Eric. He has some open lines. Let's go to Jay. Well, you know, go, ahead. Darryl, go ahead, guys. You know, Daryl, the only way it gets any better is when Joy calls in. Uh, 888-995-5552 <laughs> is the number. Triple eight. Sorry, great. They're not all. Hey, they can't all be great, man. You tried. I, I, I'm sure someone got that. Brian even gave you a little broken, a broken face no, smile no, over no. there. Craig, Craig is the only one that laughed at it. Well, no, I mean, you, you can at least give him a courtesy. Be a teammate, man. No, Come on. It's, it's called, we don't call it humor. We call it wit, having wit. Now, that's a professor answer. I like that, Brian. Hey, well, she calls in. I mean, my point will be made. Oh, boy. <laughs> Okay, yeah, here we yeah, go. Let's go to James yeah. in the city of Los Angeles. James, bail us out, brother. Bail us out. Hello? Hey, James, you're on. We need your help, brother. What's your question for the night? <laughs> okay. Um, I was I was uh, just wondering about the uh, like the great falling away uh, prophesied in, I believe it was, uh, is it First Timothy? I'm not sure. But, oh, you, mean um, that, you mean that joke Craig just gave about joy? Uh, that falling away? Oh, you, you're you talking about the actual falling away. Okay, I'm sorry. No problem. Oh, I'm sorry. I probably, yeah. Jay, James, ignore him. He's trying to be funny. <laughs> just just go ahead with your question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I'm, what I'm asking about is the, that, you know, like the church today, you know, there's um, statistics out there that suppose people professing to be Christians, 
you know, are, uh, you know, doubting or, or don't really believe in the inerrancy of scriptures uh, to, like, some high percentage. I guess it depends what poll you go to. And and there's actually people uh, denying the deity of Christ to a high percentage mm-hmm. in some of these polls. And um, the average Christian, it seems like we're letting things happen because we're we're not really, like, on fire when, you know, the Internet, our, our busyness and everything is, is just doesn't really leave room for that kind of passion, except maybe in, you know, like extremely persecuted, um, you know, sections, I guess, of the world. But um, would you say that even though it, you know, this is, I think, in the tribulation period, it's talking about, right, the great falling away, um, that technically, you know, we would just be very close to fitting that now? Or does it have to be like, absolute apostasy, uh, like beyond doubts and things, you know, where uh, the seducing spirits and all that are, yeah, and I I don't want to take too much of time. No, no, I I think we understand the question, James. As soon as you said apostasy, I just got through writing that down. I wrote down lukewarm. But Craig, PCH, we have about four minutes to the top of the hour break. Why don't you go ahead and start this answer, and if we need to, we'll carry it over. Yeah, th- thanks, James. Um, I don't know if there's o- ever an absolute apostasy. That's saying there would be no believers on earth, even during the time of Elijah, right? He, he laments, I-, I alone, Lord, am alive to serve you. He says, no, I've got 7,000 others. But yeah, I mean, obviously, it's there's a remnant. Uh, so I don't think it's ever absolute in the sense of at least there's no believers, but clearly there are people who absolutely apostatize. We could use the word ap- apostasia or, or uh, parapipto would be another word from the, uh, a combination of two words, but one of them basically is is to fall. But the point is, yeah, there are people, and, and it's, it's so sad to see people chuck the faith. And I tell you, I'm just so disgusted with, you know, I spent years in academia and teaching and whatnot, and I, I'm so tired of hearing, you know, well, scholars say, well, you know, well, really, you know, Jesus meant this, and then something completely opposed to what the Bible teaches. And over and over again, some scholar, somebody with a bunch of letters behind their names, they, they allegedly know more, and they're telling you you can't trust the Bible, that uh, LGBTQ, ABCDEFG, whatever is okay. And again, we're not trying to be mean to those people. We're not saying to, to treat them inhumanely, but that's not the same thing as saying what they're doing is okay, that God accepts people no matter what their sexual preference. You can do whatever you want, and it's okay with God. And I mean, it's rampant, and I, I, I can't tell you all the... Walter Martin used to say, uh, I'm sorry to say, I can't tell you all the heresy within the Church. It's so much of it used to be outside the Church, and then we had what was called the old-line liberalism, and so much of it now is right in the Church. We have people telling you all kinds of goofy things and, and teaching it as gospel, and, it, and it's not. From the Word of Faith movement, that, excuse me, God owes you health, wealth, and prosperity, to Indeed, denying the deity of Christ, or Christ is the only way of salvation. It's pretty scary when you hear these, like, Barna uh, polls, George Barna, the pollster, and he'll do polls like, how many Christians believe there's no absolute truth, and there's many ways to salvation, many ways to heaven, and, and so on and so forth. It's it's just, it's sad, and again, I, 
I, I think the, the worst part of this for me is not that the world's so worldly. You know, that's what the world does. They act like worldly, like among Christians. It's that there's so much trouble within the Church, and there's so many pastors and Christian leaders being rampantly sexually immoral. I don't just mean they fell into sin. I mean, like, they haven't fallen into sin for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah falling into sin, to quote. It's, 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 in that sense, I think we've got serious problems, and I think we are seeing that today in the Church, yes. Well, James, uh, you know, it is a serious problem. We are coming to the top of our break. PCH, I appreciate that answer. Uh, and James, it, we, we need to be in prayer, man, for each other in regards to that. And if you ever see anything like that, you know, you're not trying to be necessarily God's lawman, but from the spirit of Galatians 6, we should approach each other, man, bearing one of those burdens, dealing with the issue of sin that is right before us or even when we expect it. I, I've said many times before in the past, if you have a dream about me and I'm messing up, please take a chance for me to be mad at you. Check with me, even if I'm messing up in your dream. I would appreciate that love. You know, I do on the other side of the break, you know, sometime in there if we have time, I, I do want to talk about this. Uh, it was this, this Pride Month stuff. Okay. You know, again, it's... Uh, Thank you, James. Go so, ahead. No, I, I want to, you know, talk a little bit about it because it just seems like every year it's just, it's, it's, it's just more and more and more and they're just sucking in so many people to just accept it. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Brian, because I have something I wanted to speak on, so I'll let you bring it up on the other side, and I'll just add my little two, two cents. We're going to take a break right now and call Eric at 888-995-5552 or send a question by way of those other methods, Bible Info Brokers, Bible Info Brokers. Let's go to break. We'll be back after these messages. 